0: You're listening to The Rundown from Annenberg Media. It's Friday, November 8, 2019. I'm Yuki Liang. Do you know that there is a mysterious building on campus, and it's been here since 1940? Stay tuned after the briefing for a look inside the rarely seen Hancock Memorial Museum at U.S.D. of Varsity Blue's scandal cases are continuing to make their way through a Boston federal court. Here's Alicia Morales with more on the latest developments. The legal battle continues for actress Lori Loughlin and husband Mossimo Giannulli as the couple rallies to fight new charges in the Varsity Blue's college admission scandal. Last Friday, Loughlin and Giannulli's lawyer filed court documents stating their intent to plead not guilty to the new federal bribery charges issued on October 22nd. Laughlin and Giannoulli are among nine other defendants affected by the new indictment. Given the latest legal developments and previous charges of money laundering, mail fraud, and honest services mail fraud, the couple could face up to 50 years in prison. Laughlin and Giannoulli have waived their right to appear at a November 20th arraignment. Brandenburg Media, I'm Alicia Morales. In the time of several scandals, there are significant changes to USC's leadership. The Board of Trustees announced a series of major changes to modernize its governance structure over the next three years. Eduardo Ocampo has more.
1: What does it mean for the Board of Trustees to modernize? One of the biggest changes is reducing the number of board members by nearly half. The trustees also voted to institute term and age limits for current and future members, stricter requirements to obtain board membership, and to disclose all committee memberships to the public. In other words, Board members will no longer be anonymous. For Board Chairman Rick Caruso, all of these changes create more accountability and transparency. Last school year, USC's student body was about 30% white. The rest of the student population was split amongst Asian, Black, Hispanic, and international students. However, Annenberg Media found that the board was over 70% white in 2018. This discrepancy is another thing Chairman Caruso is pledging to change. A notable omission for the board's changes is the lack of student, faculty, and staff voices which is considered standard practice for boards at other institutions. For Annenberg Media, I'm Eduardo Campo. This piece was also reported by Raymond Rapata.
0: USC announced on Thursday they have picked a new athletic director. Mike Bond is one of President Carofield's first new hires since her inauguration. He was the former athletic director at the University of Cincinnati and replaces Lynn Swan, who resigned earlier this fall. At the press conference on Thursday morning, Bond talked about his hopes for the children's.
2: My passion and energy never take a day off. And uh, I am proud of that. I enjoy that. It's, I can't wait to meet our student-athletes. I can't wait to see him compete tonight.
0: The DNC announced that December's Democratic debate will no longer be held at UCLA because of ongoing labor disputes at the university. As soon as the DNC announces its decision, there have been speculations about where the new location for the debate will be. One of the potential venues is right here at USC. On Wednesday, USC's director of the Annenberg Media Center, Christina Bellantoni, gave a tour to scouts from Washington, D.C. What we know is that there are several
1: other campuses that they're taking a look at. It's important to them that they do it on a college campus. And what I know as a journalism professor who was a political reporter for many years, uh, very passionate about this and really want to be able to expose our students to the presidential race, I want it here. And I'm going to do everything I can to, to help that along.
0: Ballantoni thinks that USC is a strong contender as the new host because of the school's facilities and the students' active engagement with politics. However, it is unclear when the DNC will make a decision. Now, let's take a look at what's going on on campus. The USC Queer and Ally Student Assembly is presenting USC's 10th Annual Drag Show on Saturday, November 9th, and the group promises it will be bigger than ever. The show will be in Ronald Tudor Campus Center Ballroom at 8pm. Doors will open at 7, but if you want a good seat, line up early. This is a first-come, first-served event. Designer and fashion publicist Dylan Powell will be hosting the show. 10 superstars from previous Jack shows will serve as judges. And there will also be an incredible lineup of student talent. Be on the lookout for their event page on Facebook to find out how you can win VIP seats or meet and greet passes for the show. Hey Trojans, do you care about climate change? Want to help people affected by recent natural disasters? Does the word Bruin instantly ruin your day? If your answer is yes, then join this year's USC vs UCLA Mapathon Challenge. The focus this year is on how climate change is impacting our lived environment. If you want to make a difference through mapping, this will be a great chance. And don't worry, no geographic information system skills are required. Participants will get a quick training on how to use OpenStreetMap to assist in humanitarian projects around the world. This event will happen Wednesday, November 13th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. USC students and faculty will gather in the Amundsen Lab on the third floor of Levy Library. Search on Facebook for USC vs. UCLA Mapathon Challenge and RSVP there. Now, it's time for Children's House.
3: The Allen Hancock Foundation is situated at the center of campus, right next to a roaring fountain and the iconic statue of Traveler the Horse. What the average passerby may not know is that the building houses the Hancock Memorial Museum. The foundation was built by Alan Hancock, a civil leader of Los Angeles in the early 20th century and supporter of USC. It's grand in stature and adorned with concrete carvings of dolphins and seahorses, as an homage to his love of oceanography. He led 10 expeditions to
2: the Eastern Pacific, um, Panama, Galapagos Islands. He was very well-known about it uh, during the 1930s when he led them. That's
3: Melinda Hayes.
2: I'm a rare books librarian here at USC. I've been here at USC since 1985.
3: Hancock's collaboration with USC was a result of his friendship with student John Garth, who went on those expeditions to sea. He suggested that Hancock publish his scientific findings at USC. If you're willing to make an appointment, Hayes will regale you with Hancock stories like this one and escort you through the museum's four public rooms.
2: Okay, we're up here.
3: Hayes leads me into a spacious formal dining room. It's the first thing to greet you when you enter the museum.
2: And this particular room was referred to as the Roman Reception Hall or Neoclassical Reception Hall. So uh, you can see uh, elements of Italy all through here.
3: My initial reaction was simply, wow, how did this all get here? Hayes says the rooms were transported in 1938 from the Hancock mansion that was once located on the southeast corner of Wilshire Boulevard and Vermont Avenue.
2: So it was going to be demolished, and friends of his suggested, why not save a portion of the house as a memorial to his mother, who had actually built the house, um, Ida Harris D. Hancock. So that's what happened. These four rooms that you'll see here were moved here to campus, and the rest of the building was built around it.
3: One of the more staggering sections of the museum is the Rococo Music Salon.
2: There was a working organ in the home, so we've got the pipes from the organ in the back, and there's even a balcony for the family to sit at uh, or in um, during performances.
3: Regular performers included the Hancock Ensemble, which Hancock
2: played in himself as a cellist. Music was broadcast from the radio station that he set up here at USC. Of course, he was playing classical music, and it eventually received the collegiate uh, letters to KUSC. So that was basically how, that, how the radio station at USC got started and became this, uh, you know, basically world-renowned radio station that it is today.
3: While many of Hancock's accomplishments, like the KUSC radio station, remain campus staples today, Hayes is the only Hancock historian at USC who can actually tell you about their origins.
2: Looking at finding is finding a replacement because this year will be my 20th year doing
3: this. Any takers? You'll have a lot of Hancock history to brush up on, but just think, you'd get to be the gatekeeper to one of USC's most prized relics. For Annenberg Media, I'm Nia Johannes.
0: That's it for this Friday, November 8th, 2019. Have an amazing week and tune in next Friday. I'm Yuki Liang.